Hey you fucks, this is the Becoming Human Podcast, and I'm your host, Will Nelson. I grew up, I'm not gonna lie to you, I grew up, people always got fucked up. They get off work, they go get fucked up. They go on the weekends, sometimes they do cool shit, other times they just get fucked up, they just watch some TV. It, and they did some cool stuff, like, you know, play guitar, or um, they do like beating, shit like that, but... Growing up in that environment, all I did was I saw a handful of things, and I really thought that that was all there was to life, plus a little extra things that were thrown in from some friends and stuff, but that was really it, and that was, none of that aligned with me, none of it resonated with me, so I went searching it for it myself, and I found a few things, and the more and more I did it, the better I got at it, man. I realized that we're all kind of fucking impression by our environment not fully i know there's some dna and shit that plays a part in it but at least to some extent and so we all only have we all only have a particular view of the world and the paths that we can walk i know there's the internet you look this shit up but you when you look shit up it's only things that have been socially interesting as a whole there's several little channels that go out this way and that but there's nothing that kind of just aggregates at all and really takes a look at it i mean we all start doing things because it gives us pleasure we enjoy the shit and why not give you more tools for your toolbox i guess it's i'm on this trek and it's fueled by my love for stories, by my love for experience. And that's finding these people that obsess over a handful of things or one thing. And really just opening them up. And not for my own benefit. I want to leave my marks and take my marks. For you, for me, for them, for everybody. Because I believe that the best thing about sharing a story is that the reader benefits and the storyteller benefits. And that's not some fluffy bullshit. It's just, it's something that's been a big component in my life. So, throughout this whole podcast series, I'll be exploring different avenues, different fucking roads that people have taken down life, and why it makes them feel happy, or what is really disturbing them emotionally. Where they wanted to go, or the great fucking memories that they've had. But I'm not shooting high, because I believe if you want to reach the stars, you got to learn to fly. So I'm just looking for those people that are just one step ahead or one step below, too. I've got the series of um, podcasts where I'll be introducing um, people without a home and people who choose that out of their, their own free will. I think that it'll help widen everybody's perspective in a lot of ways. And not appreciate the homeless, but just help you kind of objectively view your own life and what you really want out of life, what's important. Um, Anyways, on to Matt. I met Matt when I was trying to um, learn MMA, and I started training at his gym, Livewire MMA. He's uh, currently a fighter, and he also trains his students at Livewire MMA. When I met him, I just kind of vibed with him on a different level. He 
he failed all my expectations. I thought he was going to be one thing. My bad for assuming things before I met somebody. And he turned out to be another. But who he was particularly resonated with me because it seemed like he was on a similar path. Like he was really, he was focusing on everything on the inside and trying to build himself. And it seemed like he was aware of his own happiness. I mean, we all are, but it felt like it was something that he, that he sought before. Anyways, in this podcast, we kind of touch on, I guess, what makes him happy, where he's gotten to, his, his form of crucible, um, what really dictated the way that his life went, and also a lot of his philosophies and advice for other people trying to pursue them. Uh, here we go. Hello, everybody. This is um, my friend Matt Coble. With um, he's the owner of Livewire, and uh, we're here to talk about his pursuit of happiness and everything else that entails. How's it going? I'm Matt the Livewire Coble. I'd like to say that I'm a comedian and a philosopher and a dog whisperer, cat whisperer, and people whisperer, all at the same time. Uh, I believe that you know my pursuit of happiness is my pursuit of self worth. You know, there's a lot of contingencies of worth. You know, whether or not you're insecure about something or extremely secure about something. So I believe that for me to find my self worth, I need to understand and be a master at communicating with everyone, with all. And so in that sense, my pursuit of happiness is going to come from becoming a Mac, the best Mac that I can be. And a Mac is a master of all communications. Being a little brother, you know, or like making people laugh, right? Yeah. So I got really good at making people laugh. So that was like my thing, okay? So like when people in class are having a bad day, that were in my general life, okay, my immediate mm-hmm. life, like my parents, my brother, you know, friends, you know, family that I saw on a on more than, you know, a weekly basis, mm-hmm. best friends, kids that live down the road. I was like more of the class clown. You know, I was the funny guy. So yeah. I got used to knowing that someone needed something that I was giving off, mm-hmm. right, an energy that I was putting it out. So... Obviously, you're going to go through life and then you see that you're putting out a negative energy. People don't need that shit. Yeah, exactly. And they and they express that they don't need it. Mm-hmm. But then there's people that really do need a negative energy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then, so the more negative energy that you give them and the more they absorb it, the more negative everything that you're doing becomes. Mm-hmm. Right? So then I start putting in positive energy to make this in particular person laugh that usually makes me laugh. Yeah. But they're just having a shitty day or whatever, right? So I use humor as my defense mechanism for something I don't understand. Yes. Right? And I remember in psychology class in, like, high school or something, we were talking about defense mechanisms and things people do to, like, set up a a barrier for something they don't understand. And they use, like, racism and racial jokes and kind of picking on people as an example of that. Mm -hmm. And I understood it. But then with my time and my experiences, like, I'm not picking on anybody. 
I'm not being an asshole. I'm not racist against anybody. If anything, I make fun of everybody just equally. Yeah. And and so for me, I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it like, like yeah, 100% right. I am using humor as a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. right, for something that I don't understand. But to try to understand it better. Yeah. By opening up a door, by, by making somebody energy go from negative to positive was something like a joke Mm -hmm. you know to provoke the conversation to even get me in close enough to be able to even understand what they're going through yeah it might be a sibling died Mm -hmm. i don't never had a sibling fucking die that shit sounds scary to me yeah it might be you know their grandma passing away okay that's happened for me so okay now we can get on a level and relate Mm -hmm. and it can be something that i can't even really relate to i've never been through my i've never been a part of that before but it still allows me to get on their level because they're not expressing to me what they've gone through in a negative way. They're actually opening them up. Becoming vulnerable. And becoming vulnerable by, by opening up. And that's cool that you said vulnerable because, like, you know, in the Tao of Jeet Kwondo, Do, Bruce Lee's always talking about a good coach. Mm-hmm. His job is just to point out its students' vulnerabilities. Oh, okay, yeah. That's all your job is to do. Just say, hey, this is where you're vulnerable, and then show them how to work on it. But, like, I can't show you how I cope with my vulnerabilities and then expect you to cope with your vulnerabilities the exact same way. We all have different vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. all the way down to what punch you get hit with on a higher percentage, right? Yes. So from, since day one, I've been exposing people's vulnerabilities with jokes or humor mm-hmm. to open them up to try to coach them further into it right so i've always been a coach right Mm -hmm. so i get into fucking selling weed and this kind of thing when i just graduated high school and i got into some trouble and the undercover cops in the area set me up on some stuff that i wasn't even really selling some ecstasy yeah and you know i got set up pretty bad but it was it wasn't that i was like addicted to drugs or something Mm -hmm. it was i was literally like addicted to the fact that people needed me for something yeah you know people could call me for weed and i had the best deal i drive across town for a dime bag i didn't care if i didn't was i didn't care if i was making 99 cents or 99 dollars i i just was i was such an attention whore that i got good at selling drugs because of it yeah i mean it only took me six months for me to get the attention of two federal agents and for them to come crashing down on me oh, holy and, shit. and bust me, right? So yeah. I get the fucking book thrown at me. Uh, first time ever being in trouble for anything. And uh, it's just it's not in my blood or in my family tradition to snitch. Mm-hmm. Neither is mine. So, you know, anybody with quality, you know, morals won't can't rat. Mm-hmm. But the fucked up thing is, is there's like two out of three of people in prison are snitches. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Even the guys that go to prison, they get like half their time taken off and shit. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. It's crazy. So I didn't rat and I'm still good friends with the guy that they wanted or at the time. They're mm-hmm. fucking retards because he didn't even sell the drugs that they were trying to pin on him. Really? Yeah, it was stupid. That's fucking naive. And they wasted a bunch of government money, but because I wouldn't help them out, they threw the book at me mm-hmm. and I got sentenced to two years and two months in prison, right? Yeah. So I got my good time and all that shit. I fought forest fires and cut down trees and, you know, did the Good Samaritan Act and all that shit. And uh, I get out. And the cool thing about, like, being in there is there's not much cool stuff. But what what am I going to have that guys need in prison or that people need in prison? And the reason I say guys is because that's all there is in yeah. there. 
other than some, some guards. There are some female guards, but what do the people in prison need that I have to offer, right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to go in there and start preaching. Yeah. I, I actually was only 18 years old when I went in there, so I know I'm going to be the youngest. Oh, so wow. that now we can make some funny jokes there. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You can break the ice. And oh, fuck. What do I... What, okay, yeah. What, what does the 18-year-old kid need in prison? Well, fucking, what do they need? Fucking gross, right? Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm not worried that mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get raped or anything. I was a big fucking kid. You know, I would beat the shit out of anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, before awesome. that would happen. I'd go down. I'd die before that would happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's funny because like, there's a lot of guys that say that and then it happens to them and then they just turn gay because it's too fu- fucks with their heads. Just, yeah. But luckily, fuck. it's Washington State and it's like minimum security, so I wasn't like in the deep, you know. Oh wow, that's so. I was only in maximum for a little bit, and that's just oh, while they figure out that like, okay, he's a good kid. We're sending him to camp, and then yeah. they give me a fucking chainsaw and, and slick boots and tell me to go fight forest fires. Really? Yeah, dude, it what was the awesome. Fuck? That's yeah, they taught cool. me how to fight forest fires in prison. So like, wow. Yeah, and so you even get cert- certified by Department of Natural Resources. So I can like go get a job and shit. That's an awesome program. Yeah. So, uh, you can't be like a sex offender or a violent offender or something fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, what I found as an extrovert in Mm -hmm. prison is that gambling was really cool and easy to do in there because you're getting attention, you're, you're, you're working with other people, but it's like gambling. So everybody has this odd, weird, fucked up respect for it. To the point where you don't have to worry about cheating and shit. So you're safe gambling. Wow. Um, another thing is like... That's pretty much it. You know, other than gambling, there's really not much else you can do with anybody. Wow. That's you're going to be on a trustworthy basis because the first off, prison's not fucking fun. Yeah. Everybody's in there for hustling or trying to hustle or being a hustler. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we're playing ping pong, it's not fun. It's stupid. Yeah. And we're not friends, you know? Oh, so you're not, like, actually enjoying it. So, if I'm playing ping pong and we're playing for your fucking cake at dinner. Yeah. Now this shit's fun. Now now we can fucking pass the time. And it's that much of a difference. Wow. From, like, passing the time, not gambling, then passing the time while gambling. That's crazy. Because we're making dopamines click, right? Yeah. So, my extroverted ass figured out in prison how to make the time go by fast by finding something to get addicted to. Mm-hmm. Just like a drug. But luckily, I don't like opium. Luckily, I was scared to lose my good time if I didn't pass a test, if I fucking failed a piss test. Mm-hmm. And three, by now I wasn't into weird drugs anyway. So, that's all you can get in prison is weird ass shit. Yeah. Like heroin and fucking gross bullshit. Yeah, that's fucking So, shit. what did I find? I found fucking gambling. And it was fun. And it passed a lot of fucking time. Wow. So that's how I made my extroverted dopamine glands click. So I get out of prison, right? Mm-hmm. I got a lot of people pushing me in the right direction as far as family and stuff goes. And I don't want to get back into gambling. Yeah. So what do you do? You find something that you get addicted to. Most guys at that point is some broad, a kid, a picket fence, and beer, and a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I was going in that direction for like maybe a month or two, and my older brother pulled me into an MMA gym. I learned how to do an arm bar. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I can beat up wrestlers with this? <laughs> and my coach was like, yeah, fuck wrestlers. But I wrestled for nine years, so, like, I but I knew what he was saying. Cause yeah. I wasn't all gung-ho. Like, my, they had my mom and dad, like, holding my hand to, you know, summertime wrestling camp and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they let me do my own thing. But, um, 
I so I just started doing MMA, mm-hmm. and I was it was really cool to focus on that, and and not be addicted to anything else and just focus, focus, focus. But then, pretty soon, I was starting to get good at it, and I was focusing so much on it. Yeah. That other people would see my focus and see my training, and then just start like asking me questions. And I never wanted to talk in uh-huh. class. I respected my coach so much, I didn't want to be the guy that knew it all. Okay, but pretty soon, my coach was like, go ahead, tell him. And I'd talk, and I started teaching. Oh, and I wow. started teaching. And then my coach was like, oh, go ahead, hey, you want to cover Saturday class for me? And I was like, oh, yes, sir, mm-hmm. yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'll, I'll fucking cover class. As a matter of fact, coach, if you just want to start taking Saturdays off, dude, I'll cover it for you. Okay, cool, that'll help you out with your training, you know. Totally took advantage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking oh, dick. God. But it made me a good coach because he handed me the reins really early. Yeah. Before I was pro, before I had my purple belt in jiu-jitsu, before any of that. Wow. Right? And so I was helping coach before I even knew what jiu-jitsu was really. Holy shit. You know, so I, we had pancreation grappling, you know, we had we had submissions. We mm-hmm. just didn't have the gi. We called it pajama grappling. We thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I seriously, at one point in my career, had already had done MMA fights and was like, fuck those guys. What are they doing? Yeah. Fucking weirdos in their karate costumes. Holy shit. Now I teach this shit, you know? Yeah. So it's it's funny because that's how the sport was. This, this was 10 years ago. That's crazy. I mean, we saw Gracie doing it. We respected it, but we we're like, that's not us. We want to get on top and beat you up. Yeah. But now I'm like doing arm bars and shit off my back when i'm getting my face punched but um you know so it was cool because now where am i at again in life i'm at a spot where people need me for something Mm -hmm. you know and that's where it came and i'm still kind of going that way yeah just like a natural leader and everyone just kind of looks up to you in that way wherever i do and it can be something fucking stupid like selling fucking pot or you know whatever or it can be something like Dude, I was the lead bass in choir my senior year. Really? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just a weirdo. I, I like to do whatever. So yeah. I, get, I go through phases, though. So I can't be like, yeah, I'm a painter. I'm not a fucking painter. And that's that's kind of what I, I believe is true with everybody in, in some way, whether or not they know it, is that you can't, like, you know the whole adage of uh, the worst mistake that I made was doing what I loved because now I hate it? Because you're making money off it. you got to do the same. you got to you have to do it now. I don't, I think that, would you agree that to be happy you have to pursue a variety of things equally kind of? Or not equally, but you can't just do one thing to its full force. <coughs> I think that if you focus, everything that you have on what you love, it could be one thing, two things, three things. Mm-hmm. But you know in your heart, like, and this can piss off any girl I've ever dated, any person, any human, any whatever that I've ever been a part of, and it sucks, but <clears throat> if you can honestly say, I mean, it's, it's different when you have a kid, right? Yeah. I don't have a kid, so, like, most people that have a kid <clears throat> are going to cringe at this or be like, what the fuck? Well, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But... I know that what I'm putting my efforts into would come first over anything, no matter what, all of the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, people that have a child, right, obviously, mm-hmm. are going to be like, well, no, my child comes first. And they're 100% right. Yeah. I have Foxy. She's not anything like a kid. And she gives me a lot of space that, like, a kid wouldn't. You yeah, know what it's I mean? not so demanding. 
It's not as high. She's fucking high maintenance, but she's mm-hmm. not as high maintenance as like a three year old, right? Yeah, exactly. So, if someone is to ask me <clears throat> when I was like twenty three years old, so if you had a kid right now, would it hold you back in MMA? And I'd go, well, yeah, a little bit, but like I'm so I was so gung ho mm-hmm. and so new and fresh to it that I'd be like, I wouldn't let it, you know. Yeah, because and my coach's stories were I used to take the my uh, the car seat with the kid in it and set it right next to the mat. And he'd run over and he'd be feeding the kid bull. He's working out and training. Uh huh. You know, and that's cool. I commend that. There's also the parent, like my brother, who's like, I don't want my kid in a nasty MMA gym watching his dad fight. And, yeah. You know, so both parents are right. Mm-hmm. This dad, one, is like, I'm not letting the, the child get in the way of my dreams, but I'm going to be having my dream with my child there, and in the long run, the child will respect me for it. Yeah. It's hard fucking work. It sucks. There's sacrifice on both ends. Ah, mm-hmm. There's all kinds of <coughs> love and sacrifice in that story, right? Yes. And then you go to my brother's end, right? And I'm just using him as an example because he has a daughter, and he doesn't... I want her watching him get punched in the face or watching him punch me in the face and like all this blood and sweat flying around and people training and yeah who knows what she could get she you know nobody gets anything because we keep the gym clean but mm-hmm. like little kids get sick easy and stuff and, and parents get worried you and know stuff. so she's and her dad's training you know so it also could be an excuse from the parent mm-hmm. the parent has just had the kid now yeah and it's just 100 percent like well, you know, it was a good story that I could have been a fighter, but now I'm, you know, going to, you know, just be a parent. Mm-hmm. And that can be totally valid. Like, 100%, it goes both ways, right? Yeah. And then there's the sacrifice of the parent who's deciding that they don't want their kid to be in that nasty gym. Like, the parent actually has to, like, stop doing what they love doing. Yeah, exactly. In order to continue taking the best possible care of something that even if they're they don't love it they have to love it it's mm-hmm. their child you know unfortunately there's some shitty parents out there but anybody that has the heart to get into mma that has a, a child usually is a pretty good parent mm-hmm. i haven't met too many people in mma or that get involved in martial arts that are also shitty parents yeah like because it's too easy to call them on it mm-hmm. it's too like they're vulnerable as a parent yeah like, you're look what you're doing and you're not doing this you know what I mean? You see girls in the bars partying all the time with their profile picture with shots and all their girls. Mm-hmm. But you're like, wait, don't you have a kid? Yeah. You know, but nobody says that to the fighter who's like taking the fight post picture because their Facebook's covered with pictures of their kid. Yeah, exactly. They have to be a good parent to justify what they're doing. And they have to have their life together to, in order to manage a fighting. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of a cool thing. Martial arts kind of holds you accountable. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, I get a girlfriend and... I'm a cocksucker, asshole, cheater, dickhead. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm this fighter asshole. Yeah, right. And just doesn't. I can't get away with that. That there's no way people would pay me and come to my gym and want me to teach their children and be their mentor and all this shit. Right. Yeah. So I actually have to because I'm a martial artist hold my life accountable. I have to like not be a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying I would be a cheater and all that stuff, but there's there's like that whole thing in my head where I'm like. I have to look good for what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. So, somehow, I've taken what I love and found a way to teach it, which is also something I love. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm addicted to, like, people needing me. So, 
I've somehow taken an addiction of getting people to need me for something, and I've got them to need me for something <clears throat> that I actually love giving to them. Yeah. Because I love doing it. And so it's not that I just found one thing MMA and focused on it. Mm-hmm. I found something really fucking amazing. I found a genre, right? Yeah. Like, I basically opened up a music school, and mm-hmm. I teach, like, every instrument and every fucking style of recording and every teaching and singing and everything to anybody that can come through that door, even the person that knows they're never going to be a professional singer, they just want to build some confidence. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Even down to the person that knows they want to sing at the fucking World Series. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like... And that can be a goal somebody could set up my gym, except for singing the national anthem at the World Series. And now it's fighting on the main card in the UFC. Yeah. Which is a stunts throw away for somebody like me or Alan right now with mm-hmm. our records and the way things are going. Even after that loss, you know, I still have good, good options for me. Mm-hmm. So then I had to work at a glass company for six years, driving an hour to and from. So an hour to work, then an hour home. To get all my shit ready to go train. Oh, wow. Me too. So, I worked in Woodenville, and I lived in Stanwood, and I trained in Arlington. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I also trained in Everett twice a week for two years at Charlie's Combat Club. Damn. So, I'd go to our, our AKA on Mondays, uh, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to Charlie's Combat Club on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I just trained like a fucking animal. I didn't have... Girlfriends hated me. Yeah. I missed birthdays. Didn't get to go... My 21st birthday was in fighters training. Really? I got my ass kicked for 21 minute round. And like... I sacrificed a lot of basic living life. Mm-hmm. For like... To get to the point to where I could just open up a gym and start selling it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I couldn't... I didn't just like start getting in front of pounds i i started with a zip and worked my way up yeah exactly you know what i mean so like i had to put in the time and effort and doing something that i didn't love clocking in and punching in and out of work mm-hmm. and doing all this bullshit monotonous driving and crap paying for a brand new car but i needed something that would drive to and from mm-hmm. with good gas mileage so i was like financing it you know i didn't enjoy life as much as I do now. Yes. But I drove a way nicer car. I was younger. Mm-hmm. I had a coach. I wasn't like responsible for paying all the bills. I lived in a, like a condo with some friends. Yeah. I moved in with my parents, back in with my parents for a little bit to train. I moved into uh, this house, you know, and was paid cheap rent to the guy that they wanted when I was 18, you know, for the jail shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's a fucking, he's all 100% legal. He owns a dispensary. He, oh, that's yeah, cool. He's got his shit together and, yeah, he was at my fight. So, oh yeah, you know it's like what goes around comes around as far as karma goes. Yeah, but I got lucky finding something like mixed martial arts mm-hmm. because it's so vast. Yeah, exactly. I actually get sick and tired of jujitsu. Oh really? I actually get sick and tired of boxing. Uh huh. I get sick and tired of kickboxing. Sometimes I hate fucking teaching kids class. Sometimes I hate teaching the adult class. But the cool thing is, is it so switches around and flips around that say I'm actually pretty tired of t- kicking and i yeah. just don't want to fucking kick i can teach my kickboxing class how to set up punches 
with knees or kicks. Mm-hmm. I can teach my grappling class stuff off their back. I can teach top stuff, takedowns. I can teach Muay Thai. I can teach so many different angles, right? Yeah. Because I've actually spent the time on the field doing the work, like an archaeologist, right? So mm-hmm. I can teach all you guys how to dig a bone out of a fucking big-ass quarry, right, without fucking the bone up good enough to get it back into the museum, right? Yeah. But then I didn't just, like, sit there in a book and read on how to do it to be able to teach you like most teachers in every field nowadays. Yeah, exactly. I actually was out there uncovering the bones and then bringing them back to the museum and putting them up so they look nice. And then now you guys have not only a museum to look and see for yourself, but then you actually are able to uncover the bones and watch the progress of the mm-hmm. dinosaur you're trying to make, right? Yeah, so like the, it's always best to learn from somebody who's only a couple steps ahead of you. Yeah. Sitting on the top. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah. There's actually been a quite a few people that I've talked to who they're starting to believe that too. Yeah. And the, so you kind of went through pretty much like a crucible mm-hmm. with the whole being in prison and stuff and then coming out with a positive addiction. That's that's fucking awesome, man. And yeah. um what do you call it? Do you so do you think it's really fulfilling that when you do it? Like it if you could add anything to your life, what would it be, I guess? Or do you feel pretty? Everybody would happy say that if they could add something to their life, it would be uh, a financial gain, right? Yeah. Of course, I'd have more money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like with more money, you have more bills and more shit. So it just it's, the numbers in your pocket get bigger, but also the number that you have to throw that money to through the hoops gets bigger too. So I feel like. If I could add stuff to my life, it would be something as simple as, okay, so I have a house. It's a three-bedroom house, and I rent it for, mm-hmm. for X amount. All right, I want to add maybe Y amount to X amount, and then I want it to be a bigger house with, like, real walls and shit, you know, because it's, you know, it's a nice little three-bedroom trailer. Yeah. But, you know, I could have something on the lake instead of across the street from the lake. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and those are just basic little goals that, like, basic people have that pass through their head yeah or they have to go get married to be able to have that goal Mm -hmm. but i'm not married to anybody i'm married to myself (laughs) i'm not married to mma so i actually have been focusing on my goals and in my in my sport for so long the thing that i'm married to yeah that finally its relationship with me i put so much into it that it's finally giving me something back oh okay to the point where it's telling me now like okay maybe you can live somewhere better Mm-hmm. It's telling me now, okay, your business is growing. You know, it's going to be open for four years, you know, coming up. Yeah. You know, it's telling, it, the business itself is might not necessarily be telling me, but the fight's telling me things, right? This last Friday, the fight told me a bunch of shit. I mean, I'm on black eyes and beat up face, but mm-hmm. I'm still always constantly learning. Yeah, you know, exactly. Whether or not it's from getting ready for the fight, the fight itself, getting somebody else ready for their fight or that fight itself, or the weight cut, just training students, whatever. Maybe it's going to my gym and making sure I cleaned everything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Stupid little shit like that. That's that's what kind of keeps me going. Yeah. Uh, it's It'd be really easy for me to just sit at home and play video games and relax and not do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people were like, well, eventually, you know, you get real tiresome. You don't want to get up and go do something. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I might want to get up. But mm-hmm. honestly, I wouldn't care if I got fat. It would suck. Yeah. You know, and it wouldn't be cool, but it'd be a lot easier than working out. Mm-hmm. 
and it'd be a lot easier than watching my diet and yeah. like fucking literally getting ready to go have some grown ass youngster that's been training his ass off and mommy and daddy holding his hand to the cage basically mm -hmm. to go fight him in front of a bunch of people that I make my money off of teaching them how to fight. Yeah. You know, all this extra pressure and bullshit can <coughs> fuck right off. I'd rather just eat, get stoned and play fucking video games and drink coffee. Mm -hmm. That would be my magical life. But there'd be one thing missing. Hmm. There would be one thing missing that I wouldn't have. Yeah. And it's not abs. It's not hot girlfriend. Mm -hmm. It's not anything it's that fulfillment of the addiction of going back to people needing me if i was just sitting here smoking weed like a fat ass mm -hmm. and playing video games that's what i get off doing that's what i have fun doing but nobody would fucking need me yeah and then everything would slowly wither away i wouldn't have the house anymore because i wouldn't have any money to pay the bills mm -hmm. i would actually have to go get a job that i fucking hated so now like 40% of my life is being taken away from yeah, me just to fucking pay for that little bit of relaxation time of smoking weed and kicking back and relaxing. Mm -hmm. The stuff that all humans need to do. Yeah. But somehow, I figured out how to fulfill an addiction and then still have that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not doing what you love for money. It's doing what you love and then somehow getting lucky enough to trick people into helping you pay for your life yeah. with it. You know what I mean? It's And the government sucks. If 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 I didn't have to pay, if you didn't have to pay taxes, like somebody mm -hmm. that runs a business or that's just getting started in life, if they didn't have to pay taxes, it'd be so much easier for them to see why they're working and why they're uh, doing what they're doing. Yeah. So me, I purposely have a friend do all my state sales tax for me. Uh -huh. Like, he doesn't know fuck that's going on at the gym except for the paperwork yeah. that I give him and he talks to the state for me. Uh -huh. I don't want to talk to the state. Want to know why? Because <laughs> then I get stressed out about tax stuff. Yeah. I start thinking about my business and I blame that for the fucking source of the stress. Yeah. I start hating my business, literally. Uh huh. I start talking more to my students. Yeah, the business end sucks, but you're cool. I like you. I like teaching you. But yeah. when it comes to asking you for money, I get pissed because, you know, and, it, and it, no, no direction towards any single student at all, but mm -hmm. it might be something to where somebody comes in and I'm like, oh, hey, you're new. And they're like, oh, hey, can I get you next week? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. And in their hand, they know it's money in the bank for me. They know they're good for it. They know they're going to pay. Yeah. No big deal, right? They're a good person. They have no idea that somebody else just did that. 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 Right? So now I'm like not in the hole 80 bucks or whatever for two weeks. Now yeah. it's, I'm in the hole like $1,000 for like two weeks. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And so the paper stack gets bigger and then that's when I start to get stressed out and I start to hate my business, right? Uh-huh. And then I go back to it. I'm like, you don't do this for money. You have to pay to have a corner spot here and to train, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to come up with however much the rent, the rent cost for me to train and teach, do what I love. Yeah. I, do, I love doing it, so don't forget that. But also, you don't like teaching assholes. You like teaching people that like to be taught. And so there's this whole hold you accountable thing mm -hmm. when it comes down to it. So, like... I think that once 
like that whole money bullshit barrier is like if, if it wasn't fucking there mm-hmm. it'd be so much easier for me to see what I'm doing and why I love it right? yeah so say for instance Joe Blow likes to fucking build doors mm-hmm. right so he starts up a company called Doors and More yeah some shit <laughs> and that that's actually a legitimate thing like there's fucking people who are just like I'm really good at whittling wood yeah you know I mean I fucking enjoy whittling wood <laughs> so uh, so people like to fucking whittle their wood and shit. So mm-hmm. they're going to start a wood whittling business where they whittle doors for people. Yeah. Okay. So they start to make doors and it, that's instantly something where you're like marketing and looking at how much things cost because I have to go buy the wood whittler. I have to go buy the fucking, I have to go buy the door. Mm-hmm. So now I already have a kind of a base price on how much I need to charge this person then I can actually look up online how much my time is worth and shit. Yeah. And then I can fucking start a legitimate company. Those are factors that are really fucking easy to follow. Uh-huh. I get this amount of fucking this to sell. This is how much it costs to me. Bam. And it's even easier to pay your fucking taxes that way because then percentages all come down to a certain number and then bam. But yeah. for me, I don't sell kickboxing. Mm-hmm. I don't sell mixed martial arts. I don't sell jujitsu. I'm wrestling. I don't sell ass kicking skills. I don't sell self confidence. I don't sell uh, counseling. I don't sell fucking therapist. I don't sell life coach. I don't sell corner man. I don't yeah. sell manager. I don't sell fuck. Let's name off some fucking things. You know, I don't sell fucking general. I don't sell militia fucking chief. Yeah. I don't sell mentor. I don't sell fucking guy that you look up to even though you might treat me weird and kind of be a little asshole to me yeah because you're like 14 i have no idea you fucking look up to me so when i swear or act like an asshole in front of you i don't know that that's impacting you for the rest of your fucking life yeah exactly. I, don't, I don't sell that you know so me i've somehow figured out how to accumulate all these fucking things mm-hmm. and boom made a business out of it you know what i mean but yeah. that may seem like it's easy for me just to go about my fucking day da, 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 da. But then it gets very confusing when you get more and more students, okay? Because I like teaching a big fucking class. It's easy. I'm yeah. such an extrovert. I'm like, dude, it's just so easy to connect with that many people. Mm-hmm. When it's like four or five people, it's like really fucking awkward. Yeah. Like they're looking at you and you're like, fuck, it's so much more personal. Mm-hmm. And intimate. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it's like, it's ridiculous. But with a huge group, I can be like kind of an asshole to everyone. Mm-hmm. Or kind of really into it with everyone. I really into it with the guy that's fighting, but then, like, that's my reason. I'm just kind of like this with everybody else. Yeah. So I'm always looking. I'm always watching all my students, right? Uh Uh-huh. And everybody's the next champ in there, as far as I'm concerned. That's how you teach. So my coach actually taught me that. Oh, wow. So he's like, oh, you got to treat everybody like the next champ. Like, he may not do that by example, but that's one of the coolest things he's ever said. Yeah. He probably heard his coach say it. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Just like me. I heard my fucking coach say it, right? So, it's kind of a cool thing to pass down. No matter who walks through that door, you treat them like they're the next champ. That's an awesome philosophy. It's a great philosophy. Damn. So, uh, you know, it's like, it gets confusing sometimes when this person signed up for this in particular reason. Mm -hmm. This person signed up for this in particular reason. And then there's this guy over here who signed up for, like, the actual main reason that you're here. Yeah. Right? So... They like my philosophy on basically handling people, uh-huh. so it makes it easier for them to deal with the bully at school. This person really enjoys my grappling. Uh, they like that I'm a wizard on the ground. 
Yeah. This person thinks the stand-up is fun. They get in shape, and they burn calories and punch shit, and it's they get to tell all their girlfriends at work they're a kickboxer, right? Uh-huh. Then there's this guy who's in there because he wants to be the best fighter he can be, and he wants to go to the top, and he wants to be a champion. He wants to make a lot of money doing it, and he wants me to be the guy to show him how to do it and take him there. Mm-hmm. And what he wants needs every fucking little thing I said. Yeah. All compacted into one thing, and that's your coach. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see exactly what you so mean. So that's your manager, your counselor, your da 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 So all these people are utilizing me for one or two resources that I might have to give them. Yeah. When somebody like Alan Gutierrez utilizes. has mastered how to utilize everything that I have, oh, okay. all the way down to my physical attributes. Yeah. Being the same weight class as him, being a pro. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I'm, a, I'm the tool in there. Uh-huh. That everybody can come use, right? Yeah. So you just kind of utilize how you use your coach. Wow. Okay, so then that's, that's how I get better as a coach, mm-hmm. by noticing how people need, need me. Yeah. Right? So if this guy needs me for this in particular reason, and this guy needs me for this in particular reason, and this guy needs me for this in particular reason. Uh-huh. Okay, that's cool. But now this guy needs me for this, 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 all of the above. Yeah. All the same. This one man needed me for all the same reasons these guys needed me. Now, in a lucrative entrepreneur sense, that's the guy that I'm going to want to hold on to because he's going to make me the most money. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But then there's the other entrepreneur sense that is the quantity over the quality. And I'm like, well, no, but if I get rid of this asshole that takes that much fucking attention, mm-hmm. and then I have these people that all pay the same amount, if I can keep them happy and consistent, like my, yeah. my, like my herd, like my sheep, uh-huh. then, then I'm going to make more money, right? Yeah. And then the more you put into those people, the less of these people you have, uh-huh. right? So they suffer. Nobody okay. is, is suffering. Yeah. Everybody just is using the sheep herder. Uh-huh. To, the sheep herder is really good at noticing a wolf. Yeah. He can see a fucking badass wolf from a mile away. Mm-hmm. So the sheep herder, I can see the fucking wolf. I'm like, do I want to go hang out with that badass wolf? Yeah. And tear shit up? Or do I fucking protect my sheep from the wolf? Uh-huh. Right? So I got to figure out how to keep the wolves happy and the sheep happy. Okay, so my rec students, and I don't, I don't know, I'm not comparing anybody to fluffy animals, but mm-hmm. people who come <laughs> in that just want to learn, they want to build their confidence, they want to get in shape and learn martial arts. Those are the sheep. Those are the people that are going to pay you your, 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 your tuition on time. Yeah, exactly. Your wolves, they're fucking always late, the fighters. They're fucking assholes. They're fucking hitting on the chicks in there. Harder they want to fuck everything. They're fucking, I got to like actually take weekends off to go fucking corner them. Everybody thinks it's fun. It is. It's fun. I love doing it, but it's fucking extra work. Yeah, exactly. I like, I'd rather stay at the gym on a Saturday and coach than fucking go to fights. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. God damn it. Everybody's going <laughs> to want me to drink with them after and all this bullshit. And it's a huge commitment that you don't want to get into. Or yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just an extra fucking commitment. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I was really fun getting you ready for the fight. Now you're going to fucking act like a freak all day and you're super needy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're fucking going to be all stinky and grimy and I got to fucking hold mitts for you yeah, and take shit. care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Take care of your ass. <laughs> so, But that's fun too. That's part of being a coach. Uh-huh. You know, that's That's part of the fun for me. 
But honestly, you know, some students, it's more fun to do for others than it is others because of those reasons. Yeah. The reasons of how much they need you. So this student that needs me for this, 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 and this on fight day, it's really fun because I feel like I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're doing their job as a student listening too. They don't need to lean on their fucking coach for everything, but yeah. they at the same time, they need to know where the source is of the positivity that they need to win their fight. Oh, okay. I see. So then I have the other students that need me for this and this, but they have their homie or their buddy or this guy for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or this, or their girlfriend. That's a fucking terrible one. That sounds you like know, that would be bad. Girlfriends replace me for this, this, and this a lot of the time. So there might be ten things that a fighter needs from their coach. Yeah. Right? And when a fighter has a girlfriend, no matter who the fighter is, they drop off at least three things off of the list. Really? And they actually miss out on three things on that list from their coach because they're coddled and taken care of oh. by something. And I'm not saying one of those things on the list is pussy. Yeah. I, I'm not fucking nobody. I'm not, I'm not letting nobody fuck me. Not, not giving I mean? them the brown eye. Not giving them the brown eye for sure. But those things are massages or any bullshit like that. But those three things might be something like, hey, attaboy. You know, that might pump somebody up. But if they just got fucked and their girlfriend made them a sandwich, uh -huh. they're already in their brain. I'm a man. So that attaboy, that pat on the shoulder from a man isn't going to fucking be shit to them. Yeah, they're not going to try to peacock or anything. They don't need to peacock. They yeah. already cocked their girlfriend. Exactly. They don't need to peacock. When, when you're an up-and-coming fighter or when you're trying to do something like build your confidence, you don't have to go around acting like an asshole or peacocking or fluffing your feathers. Yeah. But you should stand up tall and be proud of yourself and, and act like you earned something. But if you just got done busting up, you're going to be lazy, fat, fucking retard. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, after I fuck, I just want to play video games and get stoned. Yep. That's but if you take those right. things away from me for three days, all I want to do is fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like... Oh. It's crazy, dude. It's like almost building that kind of tension. Mm -hmm. That's fucking insane. And so would you just still, like, um, not to oversimplify it, but the biggest thing when it comes to you know, your pursuit of happiness, pursuit of film, or just living, period, is the emphasis on um, that it's critical to be growing and learning and also giving, like those two components. If you want to be, and not to keep using fighting. Yeah, no, you're good. I'm, I'm interested in the fighting. If you want to be a fighter, you mm -hmm. got to take. Take, 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 take. If you love coaching, yeah, then you have to give, 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 right? Mm-hmm. If you want to be both, then it, it goes exactly what you your question. It goes exactly back to the question that you asked. You answered your own question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You gotta. You gotta give a lot. You gotta take a ton. Yeah. But you gotta keep that balanced. If you put into it exactly what you're taking kind of willing it's uh, people say if, if i put anything into it what am i going to get back mm -hmm. pyramid schemes right yeah I care bullshit fucking salesman shit right or i another thing i like to tell people or that i've told people that i'll probably change now because of my thought process uh -huh. is mma is the one thing that no matter how much you put into it you get exact exactly that back yeah it's a really good philosophy that'll pump you up that might make somebody you know, motivated to get into the sport mm -hmm. that can't cognitively think for themselves. But then somebody with logic is going to think, well, that doesn't pan out, right? 
And so the best way to explain it to somebody that uses logic and not emotion like I do Uh would be the best way to logically explain is that no matter what you're doing in life, regardless of if it's mixed martial arts, knitting, juggling, playing with fire poi, hustling, doing whatever you want to fucking do. Yeah. No matter what, you have to be willing to put into it what you plan on taking from it. Uh Uh-huh. And then you also have to be willing to take from it exactly what you put into it. Yeah. So some people overwork themselves. They're the giver type, right? Givers, Uh like me, I'm a giver. I cannot bust a nut unless... I make her come first. Oh, yeah. I know the struggle, man. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, and it can be a struggle if the bitch is just being cranky and doesn't want to bust. You're mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to fucking come yeah. for you and it's going to fuck with me. I'm not going to be happy about myself. Yeah. And they're like thinking in their head, they're just like, hurry up and get it over with, dude. Yeah, exactly. And so if I'm the giving type, then obviously there's going to be things where I put so much fucking into it. That I just don't get back what I put into it, no yeah, matter what. You get burned. The gamble, you get burnt, exactly. Yeah. So people go through life getting burnt all the time, and they don't even realize that it's their own fucking fault. Like, you're the one who fucking, like, over-invested. Mm-hmm. That's like, okay, I'm going to get into the stock market. So I have a million dollars in my name. I'm going to take fucking, you know, all a million dollars and invest it into one fucking thing. That way, I know I invested it. Yeah. Okay, so like that's like me going to work and being like, all right, I'm going to fucking bust my ass today. I'm going to fucking get so much work done. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it all done so I can just feel good about myself, right? Yeah. Then you do it. You feel good about yourself for like a second, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole thing called the monetary system and money that comes into play. Yeah. And hours that you put in and all this shit. And then somebody just... like your boss, for instance, I mean, this is a perfect example, mm-hmm. might fucking not show that appreciation, they might be busy. They might be having a bad day. They might have actually worked harder than you. They might not have even seen you fucking working hard or got the notion that you were working hard. Yeah. Your fucking body language and fucking overexerting yourself didn't get noticed. Uh-huh. So what does that do to your fucking head? Demotivates you. It pisses you off, yeah. makes you sad, get, you get down on yourself. You're like, I didn't work hard. Uh. Or even worse, they think I didn't work hard. Now you, now you become a fucking slave to other people's thoughts yeah you know what i mean you take the power out of your so now i get to decide as a boss like how much i'm gonna pay myself right Mm -hmm. oh so this much i i'll sell this much i can raise the prices i can lower the prices blah 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 but somebody else who's already agreed to an hourly wage your fucking five hours is worth like a hundred dollars to me right yeah so if you bust your ass for five fucking hours, I'll pay you a hundred dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, it's going to be taxed. It's going to be all this and that. But you are worth your five hours. This this hundred dollars. But mm-hmm. in that fucking five hours, two hours, you might have busted your ass. Another hour, you didn't do shit. You know, there's so much thought process going on in that that when you get the money at the end of the fucking day, there's no way it could be as much as you actually worked. Yeah. Because you're overexerting yourself. You're putting too much into it. There's no way you can get back what you put into it. Yeah. But it can be something that you love doing or something that you hate doing. Like I said, it can be anything you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you figure out that you can manage how much you put into it, okay, being efficient with minimal effort, and then you also take back efficiently Uh with minimal effort what you're putting in, and you just balance it. That's how you become one with yourself. Okay. Because now you don't have anybody pushing you. 
Mm -hmm. you don't have anybody pulling from you. You're only pushing yourself. Yeah. And you're pulling yourself. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So you're self-motivated. And you're quantifying you're, it all. Yeah. So me, I'm an extrovert, right? Uh-huh. So that's really hard for me to do. Yeah. Because as soon as I start pushing myself, somebody distracts me and then I got to go push them. Mm-hmm. Or I start pushing myself and somebody distracts me like I'm not paying enough attention to them. Yeah. And then I got to actually take back what I pushed to give more. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? So I'm always fucking off balance with myself. Uh-huh. I'm living like five lives. Yeah. There's like ten hands doing this, right? Oh They're all God. pushing, yeah. pulling. I'm fucking robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm stealing from this guy to pay this guy. Yeah. I fucking get a front from this guy, but I pay this guy. You know what I mean? But uh -huh. I know this guy won't bug me for the weed money for two weeks. This guy's going to fucking want his weed money right away, but he has better weed, so I'll pay him up front. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you start doing all these fuck thoughts over cash over money over your time uh-huh and when you focus on all that bullshit you lose focus on the on just a really simple thing if i put this into something and i'm willing to either take it or give it to somebody else mm -hmm. then, I, then i'm gonna be okay you know yeah because we put too much into shit all the time and then we're not willing to take it back like oh. we're just not takers yeah exactly. that's nobody's fucking fault but your own you can actually be the guy that doesn't ask for help ever, but still be a fucking dick. Yeah. Because sometimes asking for help is actually helping people. Exactly. Because if you're just going to be a difficult fucking cocksucker to everybody, mm -hmm. and you're because you like doing it on your own and you don't ever ask for help, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not helping anybody out. Yeah. You know, but if you're like, okay, I'm a cocksucker and I'm not very good at doing this and I'm actually holding up traffic, maybe I should have somebody help me with this. Yeah. You know, then it's going to be a lot easier for the people around you to adapt. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think also though, when you know, when you reach out for help, if it's in a constructive way, not like a crutching format, it even helps the people who are helping you in a way because yeah. you change. You know, no matter what you want to think, like people think, I believe that when you share a company with someone, or you know, moments of someone's life, you actually make an impression on them. Mm -hmm. You change their perspective on something, no matter what. I uh learned because i'm always learning yeah from uh this girl she's pretty smart she was uh telling me that at her you know psychology class in college or whatnot mm -hmm. you know going off on her introvert extrovert spiels she uh had a really good point that the best way to show love um is to listen, mm -hmm. right? So I started thinking about it. I was like, I fucking talk a lot. And I always thought, oh, this person will love me if I explain myself so much to the point where they just accept me. Like if I just talk to them so much and get them and tell them my whole fucking life story, there's no way they can't fucking love a guy like me. Yeah. I'm a good person. Uh -huh. So I'm going to fucking tell them how good of a person I am, right? Yeah. Dude, all that does is the exact fucking opposite Mm -hmm. it makes people hate you they resent because you. even if they like are a loving person and they start to feel for you they'll start to feel bad for you for having to build that insecurity that crutch you had to put a crutch under that insecurity so much to talk about yourself so much yeah right and it has so, to come out um so basically uh they put a crutch under an insecurity, mm -hmm. right? And so 
when people see somebody put a crutch on your insecurity, naturally humans want to make other humans stronger. Even if you're being assholes, people want to kick that fucking crutch out. From yeah, you. I see what you're Sometimes saying. Sometimes I see people riding their bikes, dude. Naturally, I just kind of throw a fucking spoke, stick in their spoke. Yeah. It's funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, or when you say that same cow, kid building the same I don't want the guy to break his neck and die. I just want him to eat shit. You yeah. Know? He's having way too much fucking fun. Yeah, exactly. I just want to see him face plant and then maybe get up and cry and get back on his bike and ride away. Yeah. Like, that's really asshole thing to think. But, like, deep down inside, if he was to break his fucking neck, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so if he just intense. scraped himself up and he got stronger from it and he wasn't such a pussy and his tight-ass weird pants and helmet, uh-huh. you know, then it would be funny. You know, yeah. not being a judgmental asshole, but, like, I'm just going down into the realm of what humans actually think. Well, yeah, they do, and I think that we are often, like, our initial thought is to deny it, but, I mean, we do classify and judge. Oh, big time. No matter what. Even big subconsciously, time. it's just... It's unavoidable, and I think that it's important to actually be able to talk about it instead of shunning people for fucking mentioning anything. So now say I'm the opposite of the person that puts so much in and then gets shit on, right? Yeah. Say I'm the fucking lazy asshole that doesn't have to do shit, mm-hmm. that just gets everything given to him. Fuck, damn. Sounding like some fucking United States government fucking border control shit. <laughs> so... It goes for everybody. It's not just fucking southern people, northern people. Any Anybody can figure out how to take advantage of the United fucking States. Mm-hmm. Okay, Europeans, fat, already Americans. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You know? So what happens is I figure out that if I'm just a lazy piece of shit, people naturally want to help people. They want to make people stronger. Uh-huh. So people put the crutch under for me. Because they notice oh, I'm just yeah. being lazy. If I just fucking, if I just was to honestly sit here and not pay any of my bills, my house wouldn't get taken from me. I wouldn't wither away. They'd think I was retarded. Yeah. I'd probably start getting government money. Like, something would happen. Somebody, uh-huh. somebody would come fucking take care of me. Yeah. I wouldn't just be left here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, so, like, homeless people on the side of the road and all that, like, we make a cognitive choice. Like, we're going to not take what we've put in. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, like... So I put in all this time and effort, right? And then I'm not willing to take it back. That is just like seeing a red light uh-huh. and speeding up to slow down to it. Yeah. All that energy that you've just put into your gas tank is going to start burning. And then you see the red light and it's not changing. Uh-huh. So you slam on the brakes and burn out all that energy, okay? So wow. I put all this effort into something. And then I cognitively, in my brain, decide not to take it back because I feel like people should just be giving it to me. I'm pissed off, you know? Yeah. I just put all this fucking work in and they didn't want to give it me the, what I put in back. Uh-huh. Fuck them. I'm just going to sit here and wait. That's like the gas burning away. You have a moment to capture that energy, whether or not it's negative or positive, and to do something with it. But if you just sit there, it's going to go away. That energy is going to go away. It's like countering a punch, right? I, yeah. I get hit, boom. If I wait like 10 seconds to hit you back, you might be gone. Mm-hmm. But if I you hit me, boom, right when I feel you hit me, there's going to be a split second where you're so close, no matter what I do, I can hit you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I put in all this effort. I don't get it back. But somehow I harness the fact that I didn't get it back, and I take back what I want. I make it. I take it and I make it mine. Oh, okay. You, you know what I mean? You power. take back. Yeah. You know, so you have the power to put in effort and to take back effort. You just have to be strong enough and alpha enough and omega enough to 
to go through with something and then to finish with something. So alpha, omega, the beginning, yeah. the end, right? Take action. Okay. So you got to take action and then you got to be ready to seal the deal. Too many people gamble, like mm -hmm. invest time into something, right? And I, I put money down on something and I'm just going to wait for something to fucking happen. Yeah. But you can't. You got to put your money into something. Watch what you're fucking putting your money into. Tell what you put your money into what to fucking do. Yeah. Okay, then if it's not doing what you need to do, you take your fucking money back from it. Yeah. Put it into something else that will, or do it your fucking self. And then if that doesn't happen, then you can take your money back and then put it into something else. Mm -hmm. Not just using money as an excuse. I could use my sweat, my time, my effort, my yeah. heart, my desire, my love for somebody. It doesn't fucking matter. Whatever I'm doing, if I know that what I put into it, I have the power to take back, then I'm going to be okay. Then everything's my personal destiny. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody tells me the world doesn't revolve around me, people used to tell me that all the time when I was a little kid. Uh -huh. And I thought I was just a selfish asshole. I was like, if people are constantly telling you, Matt, the world doesn't revolve around you, yeah. then I'm always in my brain to be like, dude, you must be a little dick. You see, exactly. You so I, 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 and I started to believe I was a dick, but really I wasn't a dick. I just understood that, yeah, the fucking world revolved around me. Mm -hmm. It revolves around you too. Yeah. It revolves around everybody has their own world and their own thing they can do with it. Uh -huh. You can decide to help people. And be an or you can decide to be an asshole and take, but no matter what happens with that, is you're gonna get back exactly what you put into it, because you have the power to. So yeah. like I said, the fat lazy person just gets everything handed to them. They're on the other side of it. They don't have to worry about putting too much effort into it because they don't care. They're just gonna sit there and receive. Uh huh. At a really slow level, they might not get. They might not ever be happy. You, do you think it lessens the value because they don't have to have any input for it? Like oh, yeah. there's no there's no blood, sweat, tears. Yeah, it lessens the value big time. Okay, and see, and that's kind of where I always thought, like with the whole drug analogy too, is you know if you if you do something like heroin or you know, um, and you do it the initial time, you know it's great and stuff like that, and there's that whole um, rush, and then you're chasing it from there, and if you were just high all the time really high and then eventually you become not immune to it but it's it becomes normal and you need to get higher than that i think that um what do you call it that's what you know just chilling or watching tv or something like that i think that's it's just a taker kind of relationship yeah. it's just taking from you whereas like if you're um jogging woodworking if you're fighting that um what you give when you put it takes from you and then it gives back and then the more you do it the better your life is, the better your body is, mind, you know, your mental acuity and all of that. Do you, do you find that to be true? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I believe that when I'm just chilling, like say for instance, playing a video game, yeah. I'm paying attention to something. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to it. Yeah. I'm watching it. It was built, it was designed to catch attention, mm -hmm. right? And to entertain. So for instance... When you're talking, I listen. Yeah. Okay. Like going back to what that chick said. She said, that's how you show love. Mm -hmm. Like the number one way to show somebody that you care or that you love them is to listen. So you can literally make somebody that doesn't have any friends feel loved, even if they don't say anything, by just sitting there and listening to anything they say. Yeah. You can, and actually you can be a manipulative asshole and not actually give one fuck about them. But if you just listen... They're going to trust you more than anybody. Be vulnerable. You know what I mean? They'll be yeah. super vulnerable. So like, because they're going to start pouring their heart out into you. And they're going to give you so much of themselves 
to where you have the power. Mm-hmm. You're not giving anything to them by saying anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just showing them love by listening. All right. Thank you, everybody. Um, you can find Matt at LiveWireMMA at gmail.com is my email. Or you guys can get a hold of us on our Facebook at www.facebook.com slash LiveWireMC. Also, you can hear a Pomeranian barking. You'll know that's us. That's Foxy the Pomeranian. <laughs> and uh, also Vital Earth Traditions. That's a way to get a hold of me. VitalEarthTraditions.com. And, uh, yeah, keep doing you. And rule number one, have fun out there.